Problem 23 and Conclusion of Mathematical Problems by Professor David Hilbert. Translated by Dr. Mary Winston Newson. This LibriVox recording is in the public domain. Problem 23. Further development of the methods of the calculus of variations. So far, I have generally mentioned problems as definite and special as possible, in the opinion that it is just such definite and special problems that attract us the most and from which the most lasting influence is often exerted upon science. Nevertheless, I should like to close with a general problem namely with the indication of a branch of mathematics repeatedly mentioned in this lecture which in spite of the considerable advancement lately given it by weierstrass does not receive the general appreciation which in my opinion is its due i mean the calculus of variations the lack of interest in this is perhaps due in part to the need of reliable modern textbooks so much the more praiseworthy is it that A. Knesser, in a very recently published work, has treated the calculus of variations from the modern points of view and with regard to the modern demand for rigor. The calculus of variations is, in the widest sense, the theory of the variation of functions, and as such appears as a necessary extension of the differential and integral calculus. In this sense, Poincar's investigations on the problem of three bodies, for example, form a chapter in the calculus of variations, insofar as Poincar derives from known orbits by the principle of variation new orbits of similar character. I add here a short justification of the general remarks upon the calculus of variations made at the beginning of my lecture. The simplest problem in the calculus of variations proper is known to consist in finding a function y of a variable x such that the definite integral j equals the integral from a to b of f of y sub x and y dx where y sub x is the first derivative of y with respect to x. That integral assumes a minimum value as compared with the values it takes when y is replaced by other functions of x with the same initial and final values. The vanishing of the first variation in the usual sense, delta j equals zero gives for the desired function y the well-known differential equation the first derivative of f sub y sub x with respect to x minus f sub y equal to zero where f sub y sub x is the first partial of f with respect to y sub x and f sub y is the first partial of f with respect to y call this equation one in order to investigate more closely the necessary and sufficient criteria for the occurrence of the required minimum, we consider the integral j star equals the integral from a to b of f plus the quantity y sub x minus p times f sub p, the whole dx, where f is a function dependent on p and y called f p 
fpy, and f sub p is the first partial of fpy with respect to p. Now we inquire how p is to be chosen as a function of x and y in order that the value of this integral j star shall be independent of the path of integration, i.e. of the choice of the function y of the variable x. The integral j star has the form j star equals the integral from a to b of capital A y sub x minus capital B dx, where capital A and capital B do not contain y sub x, and the vanishing of the first variation, delta of j star equal to zero, in the sense which the new question requires, gives the equation the first partial of capital A with respect to x plus the first partial of capital B with respect to y equals zero i.e. we obtain for the function p of the two variables x and y the partial differential equation of the first order, the first partial of f sub p with respect to x, plus the first partial of the quantity p times f sub p minus f with respect to y equals zero. Call this equation one star. The ordinary differential equation of the second order, 1, and the partial differential equation, 1 star, stand in the closest relation to each other. This relation becomes immediately clear to us by the following simple transformation. Delta of j star equals the integral from a to b of f sub y times delta of y plus f sub p times delta of p plus the quantity delta of y sub x minus delta p times f sub y plus the quantity y sub x minus p times delta f sub p, the whole dx, which equals the integral from a to b of f sub y times delta of y plus delta of y sub x times f sub p plus the quantity y sub x minus p times delta of f sub p, the whole dx, which equals delta of j plus the integral from a to b of the quantity y sub x minus p times delta f sub p dx. We derive from this namely the following facts. If we construct any simple family of integral curves of the ordinary differential equation one of the second order, and then form an ordinary differential equation two of the first order of the form y sub x equals a function p dependent on x and y called p x y, which also admits these integral curves as solutions, then the function pxy is always an integral of the partial differential equation one star of the first order. And conversely, if pxy denotes any solution of the partial differential equation one star of the first order, all the non-singular integrals of the ordinary differential equation two of the first order are at the same time integrals of the differential equation one of the second order. Or, in short, 
if y sub x equals p x y is an integral equation of the first order of the differential equation one of the second order, p x y represents an integral of the partial differential equation one star, and conversely, the integral curves of the ordinary differential equation of the second order are therefore at the same time the characteristics of the partial differential equation one star of the first order. In the present case, we may find the same result by means of a simple calculation. For this gives us the differential equations one and one star in question in the form the second partial of y with respect to x times the second partial of f with respect to y sub x plus y sub x times the cross partial of f with respect to y sub x and y plus the cross partial of f with respect to y sub x and x minus the first partial of f with respect to y equal to zero as a new form for equation one and for equation one star, we have it in the form the first partial of p with respect to x plus p times the first partial of p with respect to y, the quantity times the second partial of f with respect to p, plus p times the cross partial of f with respect to p and y, plus the cross partial of f with respect to p and x, minus the first partial of f with respect to y equal to zero as the new form of equation one star, where the lower indices indicate the partial derivatives with respect to x, y, p, and y sub x. The correctness of the affirmed relation is clear from this. The close relation derived before and just proved between the ordinary differential equation one of the second order and the partial differential equation one star of the first order is, as it seems to me, of fundamental significance for the calculus of variations. For, from the fact that the integral j star is independent of the path of integration, it follows that the integral from a to b of f evaluated at p plus the quantity y sub x minus p times the first partial of f with respect to p evaluated at p, the whole dx is equal to the integral from a to b of f evaluated at y sub x bar dx. Call this equation three, which we see is true if we think of the left-hand integral as taken along any path y and the right-hand integral along an integral curve y bar of the differential equation y sub x bar is equal to p x y bar. With the help of equation three, we arrive at Weierstrass's formula. The integral from a to b of f evaluated at y sub x dx minus the integral from a to b of f evaluated at y sub x bar dx is equal to the integral from a to b of e on y sub x and p dx called equation four.
where E designates Weierstrass's expression depending upon Y sub X, P, Y, and X. E of Y sub X and P is equal to F at Y sub X minus F at P minus the quantity Y sub X minus P times the first partial of F with respect to P at P. Since, therefore, the solution depends only on finding an integral p x y, which is single-valued and continuous in a certain neighborhood of the integral curve y bar, which we are considering, the developments just indicated lead immediately, without the introduction of the second variation, but only by the application of the polar process to the differential equation 1, to the expression of Jacobi's condition and to the answer to the question, how far this condition of Jacobi's in conjunction with Weierstrass's condition that E be greater than zero is necessary and sufficient for the occurrence of a minimum. The developments indicated may be transferred without necessitating further calculation to the case of two or more required functions and also to the case of a double or multiple integral. So, for example, in the case of a double integral, j equals the integral of the function f on z sub x, z sub y, and z d omega, where z sub x is the first partial of z with respect to x, and z sub y is the first partial of z with respect to y, this integral to be extended over a given region omega, the vanishing of the first variation to be understood in the usual sense delta of j equal to zero, gives the well-known differential equation, henceforth called i of the second order, the first derivative of f sub z sub x with respect to x plus the first derivative of f sub z sub y with respect to y minus f sub z equal to zero, where f sub z sub x is the first partial of f with respect to z sub x. f sub z sub y is the first partial of f with respect to z sub y, and f sub z is the first partial of f with respect to z for the required function z of x and y. On the other hand, we consider the integral j star equals the integral of f plus the quantity z sub x minus p times f sub p plus the quantity z sub y minus q times f sub q d omega, where f is a function varying with p, q, and z, which in turn vary with x and y, called f p q z f sub p is the first partial of f p q z with respect to p, and f sub q is the first partial of f p q z with respect to q. Considering this integral, we inquire how p and q are to be taken as functions of x, y, and z in order that the value of this integral may be independent of the choice of the surface passing through the given closed twisted curve, i.e. of the choice of the function z of the variables x and y. 
The integral j star has the form j star equals the integral of a times z sub x plus b times z sub y minus c d omega. And the vanishing of the first variation, delta of j star equal to zero, in the sense which the new formulation of the question demands gives the equation the first partial of a with respect to x plus the first partial of b with respect to y plus the first partial of c with respect to z equal to zero, i.e. we find for the functions p and q of the three variables x, y, and z the differential equation of the first order, the first partial of f sub p with respect to x plus the first partial of f sub q with respect to y plus the first partial of the quantity p times f sub p plus q times f sub q minus f with respect to z equals zero. If we add to this differential equation the partial differential equation i star of the form p sub y plus q times p sub z equals q sub x plus p times q sub z, resulting from the equations z sub x being equal to p on x, y, and z, and z sub y being equal to q on x, y, and z, then with these two equations, the partial differential equation i for the function z of the two variables x and y, and the simultaneous system of the two partial differential equations of the first order i star for the two functions p and q of the three variables x, y, and z stand toward one another in a relation exactly analogous to that in which the differential equations one and one star stood in the case of the simple integral. It follows from the fact that the integral j star is independent of the choice of the surface of integration z that the integral of f at p and q plus the quantity z sub x minus p times the first partial of f with respect to p at p and q plus the quantity z sub y minus q times the first partial of f with respect to q at p and q d omega is equal to the integral of f of z sub x bar and z sub y bar d omega, which we see if we think of the right-hand integral as taken over an integral surface z bar of the partial differential equations z sub x bar equal to p on x, y, and z bar, and z sub y bar equal to the function q on x, y, and z bar. And with the help of this formula, we arrive at once at the formula the integral of f at z sub x and z sub y d omega minus the integral of f at z sub x bar and z sub y bar d omega is equal to the integral of e at z sub x, z sub y, p, and q d omega, where e of z sub x, z sub y, p, and q is equal to f of z sub x and z sub y minus f of p and q minus 
the quantity z sub x minus p times the first partial of f with respect to p of p and q minus the quantity z sub y minus q times the first partial of f with respect to q of p and q. Call this equation of integrals iv. iv plays the same role for the variation of double integrals as the previously given formula for for simple integrals. With the help of this formula, we can now answer the question how far Jacobi's condition in conjunction with Weierstrass's condition of E being greater than zero is necessary and sufficient for the occurrence of a minimum. Connected with these developments is the modified form in which A. Knesser, beginning from other points of view, has presented Weierstrass's theory. While Weierstrass employed to derive sufficient conditions for the extreme integral curves of the equation 1, which pass through a fixed point, Knesser, on the other hand, makes use of any simple family of such curves and constructs for every such family a solution, characteristic for that family of that partial differential equation which is to be considered as a generalization of the Jacobi-Hamilton equation. End of problem 23. Conclusion. The problems mentioned are merely samples of problems, yet they will suffice to show how rich, how manifold, and how extensive the mathematical science of today is, and the question is urged upon us whether mathematics is doomed to the fate of those other sciences that have split up into separate branches, whose representatives scarcely understand one another, and whose connection becomes ever more loose. I do not believe this, nor wish it. Mathematical science is, in my opinion, an indivisible whole, an organism whose vitality is conditioned upon the connection of its parts. For with all the variety of mathematical knowledge, we are still clearly conscious of the similarity of the logical devices, the relationship of the ideas in mathematics as a whole, and the numerous analogies in its different departments. We also notice that the farther a mathematical theory is developed, the more harmoniously and uniformly does its construction proceed, and unsuspected relations are disclosed between hitherto separate branches of the science. So it happens that, with the extension of mathematics, its organic character is not lost, but only manifests itself the more clearly. But, we ask, with the extension of mathematical knowledge, will it not finally become impossible for the single investigator to embrace all departments of this knowledge? In answer, let me point out how thoroughly it is ingrained in mathematical science that every real advance goes hand in hand with the invention of sharper tools and simpler methods, which at the same time assist in understanding earlier theories and cast aside older, more complicated developments. It is therefore possible for the individual investigator, when he makes these sharper tools and simpler methods his own, to find his way more easily in the various branches of mathematics than is possible in any other science. 
The organic unity of mathematics is inherent in the nature of this science, for mathematics is the foundation of all exact knowledge of natural phenomena. That it may completely fulfill this high mission, may the new century bring it gifted masters and many zealous and enthusiastic disciples. End of conclusion. End of problem 23 and conclusion. End of Mathematical Problems by Professor David Hilbert. Translated by Dr. Mary Winston Newson. Recording by Prachi Pense, Wilmington, Delaware.